to hear the word of the Lord. The spirit of Adonai Elohim is upon me because Adonai has anointed me to announce good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, to let out into light those bound in the dark, to proclaim the year of the favor of Adonai and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Yes, provide for those in Zion who mourn, giving them garlands instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a cloak of praise instead of a heavy spirit, so that they will be called oaks of righteousness, planted by Adonai, in which he takes pride. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, restore sites long destroyed. They will renew the ruined cities, destroyed many generations ago. Strangers will stand and feed your flocks. Foreigners plow your land and tend your vines. But you will be called Kohanim of Adonai, spoken of as ministers to our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and revel in their riches. Because of your shame, which was doubled, and because they cried, they deserve disgrace. Therefore, in their land, what they own will be doubled, and joy forever will be theirs. For I, Adonai, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offerings. So I will be faithful to reward them and make an eternal covenant with them. Their descendants will know, be known among the nations, their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are the seed Adonai has blessed. I am so joyful in Adonai. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me in salvation, dressed me with a robe of triumph, like a bridegroom wearing a festive turban, like a bride adorned with her jewels. For just as the earth brings forth its plants, or garden makes its plants spring up, so Adonai God will cause victory and glory to spring up before all nations. May we say amen to the reading of the word. Father, we thank you for this parsha today. We thank you for the truths that are hidden in here. We pray for our hearts that are open uh, to receive. God, uh, there would be good soil inside that the seed of your word would take root and produce a hundredfold in our lives. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. So when we um, read this here, again, I just was really struck by the last part of verse 11, uh, that God wants to encourage us this morning, that he wants us to cause uh, victory and glory to spring up in our lives and to experience it in a daily basis in our lives, in our families, in our health, in our jobs, our community, our schools, our relationships, in the world around us. You know, he has made us to be overcomers, and we need to remember that he is working on our behalf to see that take place in each of our lives. We already know the history uh, behind these Haftarot. They're all from the book of Isaiah. And as we have shared in previous messages, you know, the children of Israel are in Babylonian captivity. Uh, and when you are in a place that is not your home, uh, and it is, you're there because you did not choose to be there, but you were taken by a foreigner, uh, there are a lot of emotions that are going on. And as we said before, 
even though the prophets have been encouraging them that God is a God of restoration and that he will return uh, you to the, uh, to the land of Israel, it is hard to sometimes hang on to those promises for Israel. Anyone else ever have that problem, right? Where you're standing on the promise and, and you're like, okay, I know what your word says, God, but it is hard sometimes because we don't see anything happening. Well, that's when God gives a word like this to encourage us. When he gives a word like this to Israel to say, I see and I know what's going on, and this is what you need to be reminded of. So God is saying to Beth Emanuel today, and God is saying to you and to me personally, uh, Carol, this is what I want to remind you of. I have clothed you in victory. Okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, God has clothed you in victory. God has clothed you in victory. That was to my husband. He has no neighbor at the front. So let's look at the first three verses of this chapter. The spirit of Adonai Elohim is upon me because Adonai has anointed me to announce good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, to let out in the light those bound in the dark. Selah, stop for a second, meditate on that. Do you know how powerful the word of God is? Just hearing that word, okay, just hearing it, even though I just read it a while ago, and Ray Lynn read it, and Josiah read it in Hebrew, the hearing of the word of God just speaks to my spirit. And it should speak to your spirit. This word is powerful, and it wants to accomplish something in your life right now. He said to proclaim the year of the favor of Adonai. The year of the favor of Adonai. That's what he is proclaiming over this congregation. And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, yes, provide for those in Zion who mourn, giving them garlands instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a cloak of praise instead of a heavy spirit, so that they will be called oaks of righteousness planted by Adonai, in which he takes pride. So when we read these verses, we should immediately think of a story in the New Covenant. Anyone know what story that is? When Yeshua goes into the synagogue. And when he goes into the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth, he's handed the scroll. And he opens it up. And what Parsha is he reading from? Isaiah 61. And he reads it. So we find this story in the Bessarah. Uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. So let's hear again this word from the New Covenant as Yeshua was reading it. It says in verse 16 of Luke 4, when he, Yeshua, came to Nazareth, where he had been raised, he went into the synagogue, as he always did on the Sabbath day. Selah, take note of that, as Yeshua's habit, because he's a Jewish rabbi, and he goes to the Sabbath, to the synagogue every Shabbat day just like we come every Shabbat day. And when Yeshua came to the front to read the scriptures, they handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and where, uh, read where it is written. Think about it. How many have seen the scroll of Isaiah in the book of the shrine in Jerusalem, right? Isn't it awesome to think? So that uh, uh, was one of the Dead Sea Scrolls that was found. So it was a scroll like that. So this scroll uh, of Isaiah was given to Yeshua. And he 
open it up there to chapter 61. Of course, there were no chapters you know, in the scroll, but he opened up to this exact passage, and he read it. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. And after he read this, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the, uh, the minister, and sat down saying, and everyone stared at Yeshua, wondering what he was about to say, and he added, these scriptures have come true today in front of you. Today, this scripture is being fulfilled in front of you. He's saying, I am this anointed one. Amen? Yeshua says, I am this anointed one. That should get you excited. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. He came and he gave his body, his blood, as an atonement for our sins. But he, in doing that, he accomplished what he declared in this verse and so much more in our lives. And he wants us to be encouraged by that today. See, so often when we are in the midst of the struggle, when we are like Israel, when we are in prison and in captivity, it is hard to see beyond the walls of our own prison, whether it be an emotional prison, whether it be a relationship, whatever is going on, that the, the stress and the duress of circumstances sometimes weigh so heavily upon us that spiritually we can't see what we need to see. So that's why it's important to be in the word of God. That's why it's important to hear the word being proclaimed because the word gives life to us and helps us to see in the midst of the darkness that we are in, helps us to see in the midst of the struggle, helps us to see in the midst of the trial, helps us to see in the battle that is raging right now in our lives that nobody else knows about. But it's so strong, the battle that you're going through right now. And you think nobody gets it. Nobody sees. And God says, I see. And I want you to hear my word to you today. I am that one. I am that one, Yeshua says. I am the anointed one. God has anointed me. And I am in your life. And what God has anointed me to do, I am doing now in your life. Even if you don't see it. In worship this week, one of the songs I was worshiping with said that God is still moving. Even when you don't feel it, even when you don't see it, God is still moving. And how do I know that? Not just because of a song that someone wrote, which encouraged me, but because of this word that I read, which is the truth, the living word, truth, God says that he is still moving. He says, this is who I am. Israel, even though you feel like you will never get out of Babylon, even though you think that the, this, nothing will ever, ever change for you, God says, I am the anointed one. And I am here to set the captives free. I am here to change your situation. 
That's what it means. And we need to receive and encourage that ourselves with this truth. And it's hard to do when the struggle is so intense. It's hard to do when you're weighed down and overburdened and you feel you have no one you can go to and you feel that no one would understand even if you went to them. And some of you are walking right now through something uh, and you are walking it alone and you feel so overwhelmed because you see no light at the end of the tunnel right now. But I want you to hear what God says. He says, I am here. God, Yeshua, I am anointed to proclaim liberty to your situation, to change things around. Even though right now you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, even though right now you can't see a way out, you cannot see how the situation would ever, ever change. That's what the anointed one is here for. I can't change your situation. I can't even change my own. <laughs> you can't change my situation. But the anointed one can. The anointed one, that's what Mashiach means. The anointed one can turn things around like that. Like that, just one touch, and everything is changed. This week, reading with the, the youth, we have been reading through the book of Tehillim Psalms this summer. So we were on chapter 121 uh, one day this week. And the psalmist said, if I raise my eyes to the hill, from where will my help come from? My help comes from Adonai, the maker of heaven and earth. We need to remember the reason that Yeshua came. Everyone has a situation that we need help in. Again, some of you are facing some pretty dire things right now in your life, things that you did not expect to be facing. If you were to have been asked a year or two years or three years ago, do you think this would be where you're at in five years from now? You would have had no clue that this would be going on in your life. And like the psalmist, you're looking for help. And the psalmist says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where am I going to find help? We were sharing this scripture with a Jewish man my husband and I went to visit this week. And we were sharing this verse with him to encourage him. And my husband said, when I read verse 2, I am so encouraged because it says, my help comes from Adonai, the maker of heaven and earth. Think about that. God Almighty, who created what you see outside, okay? No, we're not here by some random explosion. We did not evolve to who we are today. God took the dust of the earth, he formed man, he breathed life into him, he created everything you see around you, and we're going to start the cycle over again of the Torah reading, and in a, in a few weeks we'll be at Bereshit, Bereshit, bara Elohim, et ha-shemayim ve-et ha-aretz, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. 
And we know that there are many people who think that there is no God and that there's no creator. But when you start looking at the intricate detail, details, anyone who goes into the science field, I have, I, I'm just, my mind is blown away that they can't see God. You know, my daughter is going down the path of speech pathology, and sometimes she will share some things with me. So she is learning about, you know, anatomy today, uh, this year, and especially how the mouth and everything works. And the intimate little details that she describes to me, I sit back and say, how could you not believe that God did this? How every little part, you know, you think, oh, it's my mouth. But, you know, there's a lot more than just your mouth there. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of little working parts that help us to speak and to talk. And all of this stuff in our head that works together. And I am amazed as I hear her share some of these things. And, and, and I... I think, how could a scientist, how could a doctor not believe in a God? That this was somehow randomly just evolved out of this one cell amoeba, then we all, mind-boggling, right? We're created fearfully and wonderfully. And the God who created all of this that we see in the beauty and the wonder is your helper. He's your helper. He's your helper. Here at Beth Emanuel, he is your helper. To those listening in Canada by podcast and over in Europe by podcast, God is your helper. Yeshua is the anointed one. He came to set the captive free. He came to heal those who are wounded and broken. He came to bring deliverance to those who are in change. That's who he is. And when you are in such pain, when you are in such a turmoil because of the situation that you have no control over and you are hurt and broken over it, sometimes you forget who he is. So he wants to remind you today. Yeshua says, I am I am the anointed one, and this is what I have come to do. We know we are co-laborers with God, and we must cooperate with him. But today, I don't want us to focus on this. I want us to understand that there is always a supernatural component that we could never, ever, ever do. And we need to lift up our eyes to Adonai, who is the source of our help, the only one who could deliver and change our situation and allow him to demonstrate his anointing in our lives. So from these first few verses where I'm hanging out a lot here in the message, but I just want us to just really hear this as, and then we'll finish the chapter off. Here is the good news, right? He says, I've come to bring good news. The good news, and we're going to hear this again tomorrow night and, and uh, Monday morning as we celebrate Rosh Hashanah 5780. The good news is Yeshua is the Messiah, a man who died for your sins and my sins, making uh, atonement once and for all, eternal atonement once for all. 
for all mankind, Jew and Gentile, male and female, as my son pointed out in his Devar Torah, it said, Nitzavim, you're standing here today, he said it wasn't just the men, but it says, Kulam, all of you. And it says, your children, Tavchen, your children, Nashechem, your women, your wives, everyone was to be standing there to enter into the covenant of God. And it even says, Gercha, your foreigners, those who are not native-born Israelis, not native-born Jewish, that God says you are included. It's always been that way from the Torah on. God was not exclusive. The Jewish people were to bring to us who are not Jewish this good news. And this good news is he is the Messiah. And he died to make atonement so that we could have eternal life. Friends, not one person listening to my voice today can save yourself. Your and my righteousness is like filthy rags in the sight of God. All my good deeds, all my charity, which you know the Jewish community will be focusing on in the next 10 days after Rosh Hashanah, the 10 days of awe, and have been even focusing on here in the month of Elul leading up to Rosh Hashanah. All my kind words, the tzedakah, the tefillah. They will never, ever atone for my sins. You could be the, the nicest person on earth. You could be the goodest person. <laughs> It will not atone for your sins. But the good news is I don't have to atone for my sins. And you don't have to atone for your sins. Yeshua did that for me, and he did it for you. And we need to accept that by faith. That is the good news. But no, not just accepting it by faith, but we need to take this good news, and we need to share it with other people. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, Yeshua said, to proclaim the good news. And then he said to us when he left this earth, you go and proclaim this good news. Proclaim it to Jew and to Gentile. We have a community of over 3 million people just on Long Island. And I'm going to tell you, the majority of them don't know the good news. And their sins are not atoned for. So we are able to share this good news. And then <coughs> God says, are you brokenhearted? He says in these verses that he came to heal your heart. The Hebrew word here is chavash. It means to bind something up, like wrapping a bandage around a wound. So... <coughs> Think about it. When you have a wound that is, is oozing out, what do you do? You don't get a little Band-Aid to put on it because you know that that Band-Aid's not going to do anything. But you take a bandage and you wrap it around. And, and I want to tell you that wounds of the heart can be very devastating. But, God and I, but Adonai wants you to know today that it is his love and his compassion and his mercy that will serve to 
to bind up the wounds of your heart so that your heart and your emotions can heal. We live in a cruel world and often we get hurt. And we discuss this in many different settings. Most of the time, people do not intentionally mean to hurt us. But still hurt comes. And when our hearts have been hurted, when our, hurt, when our emotions are broken, we need something to bring healing to that. And God says, I am anointed to bring healing to the wounds of your heart. He says, are you bound up? Are you in never-ending battle with darkness? This is the word of the Lord. He says, I came to set you free. The translation I read of Luke 4, it says, Yeshua said, I am here to set you free. Set you free. Even though we know Adonai, when I look around this room, I can see that most of us have entered into that personal relationship. The enemy still works hard to try to put shackles upon us. He comes in uh, to torment us in our mind and in our thoughts and our emotions. He'll come in in our health. He'll come in whatever way he can wiggle his way in to try to entrap us and to put us in bondage. God says, I'm here to set you free. That's who I am. I am the anointed one, Yeshua says. I'm opening the door for you. That's the literal phrase here. He wants to bring us out of the darkness. The phrase there in Hebrew is literally, I want to open the door. And when I read that phrase in Hebrew, it made me think immediately in the new covenant of the story of Kepha in prison. And he's there, and what happens? The angel comes and opens the door supernaturally. You're not going to be able to open the door for yourself. You can't do it. But God says, I'm here. I'm anointed to open that door, to bring you out of that darkness and into light. That's why I'm here for you. I died to atone for your sins, but I'm here to help you in the, the pain and the hurt and the prison that you find yourself in right now. The angels supernaturally opened the doors and Cephas simply walked out. When we read in the New Covenant, Cephas gets all the way outside and he like shakes his head like he doesn't even realize what happened. It's going to happen to someone here listening. All of a sudden, you're going to be free, and you're going to be shaking your head like, how did that happen? Cave is like, I was just in chains in stocks. There were four guards, and then another set of guards, and another set. What happened? Listen to me, someone. A word of the Lord. Just like that, Cave was free. Just like that, you are going to see a change in your situation that you will be shaking your head like Kepha, saying, what happened here? And you will remember this message, and you remember that Yeshua says, I am that anointed one. I will bring change to your life.
Amen. Finally, in this section, Adonai tells us he wants to do an exchange with us. This is just a clue. If God ever says he wants you to exchange something you have for what he has, do it. <laughs> do it. Because what God has is going to far surpass anything that you have. So when we read what's here, we're going to say, of course I'm going to exchange this for, you know, beauty for ashes. Who wants to hold on to ashes? But God could be asking you to give up something that you think is good and says, you give this to me and I will give you something. And he hasn't yet told you what that something is. And you're like, you know, this is for somebody today because it's not in my notes. And you're like, I don't want to let go of this. Well, I want to tell you, let go. Because what God will give to you will so blow your mind, will far surpass whatever that thing is that you're holding on to. But in this passage, he says, I will give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. I will give you a joyous blessing instead of mourning. I will give you festive praise instead of despair. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans to prosper you, not to harm you. They are plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what the anointed one wants to do in your life and my life and Beth Emanuel as we enter into 5780 this week. He's saying, instead of anxiety, I want to give you peace. Instead of sickness, I want to give you health. Instead of depression, God says, I want to give you joy. Instead of discouragement, I want to give you hope and expectation. Instead of tiredness, I want to give you energy. God wants us to lay down our burdens at his feet, and he wants to give us something in exchange for those burdens. Can you lay them down today? Can you say, here they are, God. Take them. That's what he wants to do because he has something that he wants to give to you. Verse 4 and through 6, speak of restoration and rebuilding. Looking at verse 4, it says, They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the sites long destroyed. They will renew the ruined cities destroyed by many generations. I could preach a whole message on those three R's. Rebuild, restore, renew. Maybe I'll write a word for the week on those because I don't have enough time to preach another message, but those would preach. God says this is what we will do because the anointed one is with us. We will rebuild, we will restore, we will renew. He was promising them, Israel a season of rebuilding, of restoring, and renewing the areas that had been devastated. Friends, this promise is for you and me today. As we were sharing with this, this Jewish gentleman this past week, my husband was also, I remember he quoted the scripture from Yochanan John, where, you know, I have come to give you life and give it to you abundantly. That's God's purpose and plan for you. But that verse also says that there is an enemy, the devil, who comes to what? Still kill and destroy any devastation, any destruction going on in your life is not from God. Ever, 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 ever. 
ever. God does not destroy. And God says there's a season where all of that devastation in that area of your life is now going to be turned around and you're going to rebuild and it's going to be restored and it's going to be renewed. And that's going to be awesome. It's going to be glorious when you see what is happening. See, while hell is in the business of destructing, God is in the business of rebuilding. And all the areas of my life and your life where we have experienced defeat or shame or felt despair and hopelessness, God says, I will restore every single area. Every single area. I will renew them. That's the word used here, to renew something. And when I read this verse, it made me think of the story of Naaman, because renew means to make something better than it was. And I thought of Joel chapter 2, verse 23 first, when God says, I will restore to you the years, the years, the years. Someone hear me? The years. Some of you, it's years that the enemy has brought destruction and devastation into your family and into your life. God says, I'm going to restore those years. I'm going to restore those years that the locusts ate, that the enemy wrecked havoc in your life. Anyone else ready for restoration? I say, thank you, God. Restore those years that the enemy stole away from me and my family. Restore those years. And then I thought of Naaman, as I said. In Melachim, 2 Kings 5.14, you remember the story, Naaman was an uh, army captain in the Syrian army, and he came to Israel uh, because he heard of the man of God and that he could heal him of his leprosy. Of course, the man of God told him to go dip in the Jordan River. We all know the story. Naaman was upset. Why should I go dip in the muddy Jordan River? If you ever want to go to Israel and be immersed in the Jordan River, just know it is muddy. <laughs> and uh, it's not a clear river uh, even today, and it wasn't then. And Naaman was upset. Why should I do this when the rivers of Syria are so clean and beautiful? But his little servant girl, a Jewish servant girl, convinced him to do what the prophet said. And in verse 14 of 2 Kings 5, it says, So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan, as the man of God had told him to do, and his skin was restored and became like the skin of a child. Brand new. So when God says he is going to renew those areas of our life that have been in devastation, he is going to make it better than it ever was. I say, I am ready, God. I am ready for the restoration and the renewal that you want to do. Finally, let's look at the last two verses of this chapter as we close today, which are the opening two verses of our Haftorah. I am so joyful in Adonai, verse 10 and 11, 
My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me in salvation, dressed me in a robe of triumph, a robe of victory, like a bridegroom wearing a festive turban, like a bride adorned with her jewels. For just as the earth brings forth its plants, or a garden makes its plants spring up, so Adonai God will cause victory and glory to spring up before all the nations. God is declaring to us that great joy will well up in our hearts as we understand what God is doing and what he has planned. He is the anointed one. I am anointed, God says. Yeshua said, I am anointed to preach the good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to declare the year of the favor. I believe 5780 will be a year of favor, favor, favor. He says, you will flourish like never before because Adonai is clothing you and me in victory. He's clothing you and me in victory. So we need to take off the garments of shame. We need to take off the garments of defeat. And we need to put on the garment of victory that God has for us today. And I close with this scripture from the New Covenant, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Rav Shaul says, thanks be to God, who in the Messiah, the anointed one, constantly leads us in victory. God is clothing you in victory. As we enter into 5070, 80, a year of favor, a year of renewal, rebuilding, restoration, exchanging our stuff for the good things that God has for us. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to ask uh, my ministry team, whoever is here in the sanctuary, I see Adeline and Irina, maybe Myrna and Gary, See is here if you could come on down and we're going to uh, be available for prayer uh, my husband and I always say this when you come here come down for prayer uh, it's just a way of connection of uh, you know us agreeing with you over anything that might be happening in your life so we want to be able to do that with you today uh, if uh, anyone in the worship team wants to come up and join Rabbi Michael as he prepares to minister. I also want to give opportunity, if you are here today, or maybe you're listening by podcast, and uh, you heard a lot about this God that, that we serve here and about this Yeshua, but you've not made him the Lord of your life. We sung that in our service today. Uh, he is Lord of my life. I want to give opportunity to do that, and we're going to say a simple prayer, but it's a not a simple decision, and we know that. Uh, but we know that God works and speaks to people over a period of time, and perhaps you're at that moment where you're ready uh, to make that decision. So I'd like to lead us in a prayer, like everyone who's here in this sanctuary with me today, to say this prayer with me. And then we uh, will open up the front for you to come 
to receive prayer from any of the prayer team. Uh, but God loves you, and he, Yeshua was anointed, as I said, to bring atonement for our sins. So let's pray this prayer. Adonai, thank you for loving me, and thank you for sending the Messiah to die for my sins. I could never save myself. Today, I choose to accept Yeshua as my personal Messiah. Amen. So if you are in this sanctuary and you prayed that prayer, I'd like you to come talk to me. If you are listening to this podcast and you prayed this prayer, there's a way to reach out to us by email or by phone. Uh, please call us, email us. We would like to encourage you as well and help you find a local congregation where you could grow in your faith and knowledge of God. We'd like to say Shabbat Shalom to everyone who is here. Uh, we are uh, excited that uh, you joined us today. We want to invite you to come back tomorrow evening at 7.30 for Rosh Hashanah and Monday morning at 10.45. We're going to now open up the front if you'd like to come down for prayer. Uh, parents, as you go to pick up our ch your children downstairs, they might not be quite done yet because it was a party. They had lots of things, so just be patient uh, if they have a few more things to still do. Uh, so I invite you to just come on down and get some prayer. And uh, uh, so that you uh, can receive ministry. And yes, Rena reminded me I could use some help after service. We need to set the mezzanine. So I need to bring some tables from downstairs and take some benches out of the youth room. So after service, if you have some muscles that you would like to use, I'll put them to work. <laughs> so you can join me on the mezzanine. But right now, we say Shabbat Shalom. Come on down for prayer. Have a great day. Hebrew class from 2.30 to 3.30 for those who are taking Hebrew and everyone else. I'll see you at help up on the mezzanine or tomorrow night. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>